pipe, oh, and it's yeah. blocked, and it, it is up. going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go, to practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill, to Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Hey, y'all, and welcome into this special... <laughs> Sports Talk Fueled Edition of Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. We'll be hearing from Steve Geller in a few minutes. Just full disclosure, I do want to apologize. I've been a little off schedule this week. I was out in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. You know, the this was not able to get our regular podcast recorded. But as always, Steve Geller and myself hosted Sports Talk on Friday. And it worked out because the Clint Kubiak news broke shortly before the show in that the Saints are honing in on Clint Kubiak as their new offensive coordinator. Personally, I think it's great. We're going to talk a lot about that in this episode, and it's going to be content culled from that episode. We talked a lot about Clint. We got to chat with Deuce McAllister, Bobby Bear, and also in the back end of the program, we'll have a senior bowl rundown with Joe DeLeon, who's an NFL draft and college football analyst with the Believe Podcast Network. He's really, really well-researched, a lot of great information in there. So stick around at the end for that. But in this first segment, we're going to dive into kind of our takeaways on the Clint Kubiak hire, you know, and we're going to talk to Deuce, who I thought had a lot of interesting feedback. So without further ado, let's dive into that. Got a lot to get to today. Who would have known that today would be the day we get an idea of what the Saints want to do at Offensive Coordinator Reports coming out. They are targeting San Fran's Clint Kubiak. Yeah, pass game specialist, you know, kind of a weird title, You're not quarterback's coach or whatever. But yeah, you know, I, I'm just glad that people i can stop having to explain to people that it's not the end of the world this job nobody wants it's so unattractive well what drove me nuts is like why didn't they hire someone three days after they fired pete carmichael we're losing out on everybody well for example if you wanted to hire clint kubiak if clint kubiak was not you know whether he was at the top of your list or one of the candidates you want to take a close look at you couldn't even talk to him until after the divisional round of the playoffs right so i think you know, this week is probably the earliest that you could, if you wanted to hire Clint Kubiak, this is about, you know, maybe yesterday, maybe Wednesday, whatever. This time frame, which is the week between the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, is the probably the earliest you could have, you know, come to any type of agreement. Now, they haven't finalized it yet, as far as I understand. So we right, can't wanna... do it yet until after the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I, I do, you know, I do hesitate to be like, ah, oh, yes. it's signed, sealed, delivered, but right. it sure sounds like they're very close. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When, so when a guy makes the Super Bowl, when a team makes the Super Bowl and the coach you want to hire is the coach on that staff, it does make things a little more complicated in terms of you got to wait it out. And I'll give the Saints credit, they are patient. And I don't know if every team would have been this patient in terms of yeah, we got to wait. <laughs> they keep winning. They, it's hard to get these things done. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's nice because I, there's been a lot of negativity. And no. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, there's been a lot of negativity surrounding the Saints team. And I do, I do think you're going to have a hard time 
coming up with reasons to hate this hire. Um, you know, I, I think you heard a lot of people saying, I'm tired of them keeping everything the same. I'm tired of the same old usual thing. And I do feel bad because I think Ronald Curry is a very good coach. And I do think that to an extent, the need to do something different worked against very him. much against him for a job that I think he would do a very good very good job in. I think he's a, going to be a good offensive coordinator in the NFL. I just think the timing and the fact that you went with Pete Carmichael and it just did not work, and I think there's this inherent need to just change things up. No, I agree. People would go, oh, this is the same old, same old yeah, again. We reaction- went from Sean Payton to Pete Carmichael, and now, you know, with Ronald Curry, it's like Sean 3.0. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I don't think the Saints really care about, like, oh, there's going to be some negativity around this hire, but it sure makes my life a lot easier to not have to try to answer those conversations. And and there wouldn't Fighting have been, off the trolls on Twitter. There wouldn't have been excitement around around the Ronald Curry hire, and that's not fair to Ronald, but I, that's the reality. But I think a lot of people are going to look at this and say, man, there was a lot of things I wanted to see in this hire. I wanted to see a new school kind of guy. I wanted to Check. see someone who came from this one of these offenses that is lighting the league on fire. One of these Check. newfangled offenses with a lot of motion and a lot of RPO and all this stuff. Check. Kyle Shanahan. Check. And to me, one of the biggest things I wanted to see was a guy with play caller, offensive coordinator yes. experience. Because this is not a situation check. Triple check, I wanted I mean. to throw a new first-year offensive coordinator into. He could have thrived. He could have succeeded. But that's a tough situation. And, you know, you look at uh, Kubiak. He was in Minnesota with Mike Zimmer, another defensive guy. You know, I think that it didn't go well. But you did have experience. You learn from experience, right? You either, you know, you either get better or you don't. And I think this is where you have the interview process and you feel like, yeah, I think those are that's valuable experience coming from that system. And hey, if you're trying to find a complimentary player, a comparable player to Derek Carr in the current NFL, wouldn't you start with Kirk Cousins? Right? And I think for all Minnesota's faults during the during the final Mike Zimmer year, <laughs> you know, he was able to tease a good performance, a good season out of Kirk Cousins. And Justin Jefferson had a had a fantastic year. So I feel good about it. I think, you know, hopefully he doesn't get snaked and we all we all get kind of uh, you know, duped and whatever. Hopefully that doesn't happen because there are still a few teams looking to hire an offensive coordinator. Yeah, there's three other teams besides the Saints right now still in search of that OC. Yeah, but I, I, if this is what ends up happening, I really like it. I think it's the right the right decision, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Talking a lot about Saints right now. They are in the process of honing in on or getting close to locking up Clint Kubiak from the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, nothing can become official there at offensive coordinator until after the Super Bowl. To help us talk about things, Deuce McAllister, Saints color analyst, joining the radio huddle. And before we get into Saints talk, Deuce, just want to say, first off, congrats to you and your son. I know you got some big news. Yeah, um, finally the process for him to be able to find a school that uh, he feels like that he can enjoy and develop and, you know, hopefully continue to uh, go on to the next level as far as a four-year school. So uh, pretty excited for him. What what position are we talking about here, Deuce? Uh, he plays defensive uh, end and defensive tackle. So on the college level, he'll, he'll, he'll translate to a probably a three-technique. So he, he, he went the tackling the running back route <laughs> as opposed to the, the running back route. That's exactly right, you know, and uh, try tried to encourage him, but, you know, uh, sometimes it, it, it's a little tough to push away from that food table, so uh, he just kept kept going a little bit, but uh, it's been good. 
Deuce, your initial reactions? Obviously, Adam Schefter coming out with the report. The Saints have locked in and are targeting uh, Clint Kubiak as the next, uh, next offensive coordinator for the team. He's currently riding with the 49ers to the Super Bowl in Vegas as their passing game specialist. Uh, overall, though, it's hard to, for me at least, to come up with any uh, negatives on this hire. It seems like a great direction going for the team. Uh, going out of house, I know a lot of people want to change. And just the history of what Kubiak has done. Plus, he's got good family uh, bloodlines, too. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, when you look at it, you kind of see, uh, or at least when they, they are interviewing the different personnel, a lot of them came, came from that Shanahan or McVay tree. And, uh, you know, some of the guys that they talked to obviously uh, got other jobs and some uh, have not. You know, and I'll, I'll be interested because, you know, right now you have uh, two spots open on the offensive staff. You know, what, uh, what else happens with that staff? Because it is a little different um, as far as style of offense than what the Saints have done in the past. And so uh, it should be good. You know, I think when you talk about uh, shifts, motions, pre-snap, post-snap, some of the runs, the Saints. I mean, I know people may not believe it, but a lot of the runs, uh, particularly from a run scheme, the Saints did that anyway. I mean, they've been a zone team. They've been a gap scheme. It's a little bit different how San Francisco gets there, but when you talk about running the football, there's only so many ways to run the football. I mean, now what you call that play, what it's named, that may be a little bit different. So uh, it'll be intriguing just to see the uh, – New plays, new wrinkles, uh, design, et cetera, be implemented into this offense. You know, Deuce, one of the things that I think intrigues me about the Clint Kubiak hires, obviously the Shanahan connections and that offense that's kind of dominated the league over the last couple of years. But also you go back to Minnesota and you look at what he was able to do for Kirk Cousins. Obviously it wasn't a great season. They went 8-8, eight and eight, but, uh, you know, 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 4,200 yards. I would compare these guys in terms of Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. They're similar in terms of skill set. You know, obviously, Kirk was throwing to Justin Jefferson. That helps. But do you think, what, what do you think in terms of how can Clint and how can a new offensive coordinator work with Derek Carr and, and try to tease a more consistent offense? You know, obviously, he had some of those high mo- moments late in the season, but how can you get more consistency out of Derek? Well, I think, you know, when you look at it from Derek's point of view, you you want your quarterback to be comfortable. And so you finding out, hey, look, this is what I see Derek Carr doing well. These are some of the things that he has had success with. So from a play call standpoint, you have to marry that. I mean, you can't be a play caller or a designer of a system and just be so stuck on what you do, what you do. These are my plays. This is my offense. If your team is not having success, all you're doing is calling plays. All you're doing is running plays because they're not successful plays. So I think that'll be the most critical thing. How can I put my quarterback in a position to where he's successful? And if he's successful, then my team should be successful. Do something that Jeff had tweeted out, and I was thinking it uh, right while I was reading it, where he uh, when he had put it out there that with this hire of Kubiak, if he does come on board, what better person to uh, come up with some new plans for Taysom Hill uh, in the Saints offense when he's worked with somebody like Debo Samuel already in San Francisco? Yeah, and even even from Taysom, I don't know how much more different that you'll see. Hmm. You know, and I think that's that's what you have to understand. You may see him line up as a wing now, but Taysom is already lined up. You know, at quarterback, he's lined up at tailback, he's lined up out wide. You know, he, he's a tight end. So that's that's really what I was referencing for. Maybe the name changes as far as some of those plays. Uh, you know, and you you'll get some different routes, but. 
I am going to allow him to do what he does best. And so uh, the biggest thing that I see from, from the coordinator's standpoint and point of view, how can I get this team to do it at an elite level? That's what it'll come down to. Gotcha. You know, I spent this past week out at the Senior Bowl, a lot of really interesting prospects out there, particularly for the Saints. And, you know, the Saints are a team that likes to draft a certain way. They like to draft a certain type of player. You know, they have prototypes. I'm curious, as you look at this team and you look at the draft and you say, okay, obviously you don't want to draft for need. You don't want to take a guy just because you you need a left tackle or you need whatever. But as you look at this team, what would you say is the position of greatest need where – you know, you're looking at this offseason and you're saying, okay, you got to improve there. You got to find an extra piece, a new piece, something that can can amp up that position. Well, if you look at the Saints over the, over their history and how they like to operate, you really, it would be unfair if you totally said that that's all going to happen in the draft. Because as we know, um, one of the ways that you don't get in a position of need or reach is because you try to fill it through free agency. Now, you may be able to get a stopgap player in free agency and now it it can allow me to kind of focus on another area but you know for me if this team can't truly address some of the issues that they had up front whether that's uh injuries you know on the offense and defensive side of the football as far as the offensive line then you're going to be right back in that same position I thought that you were able to develop some of those younger guys a little on the offensive side but you you've got to get some stability I mean because you know what happens at left tackle for you uh, is, is that going to be Trevor Penning? And I know, you know, kind of what Jeff has said uh, at the end of the year. I kind of know what Mickey has said. But right now, that's probably a question mark. You know, left guard, what do you do there? Will it be another free agent to come in and step in and help you there in that situation? Or will one of those young guys that has filled in, is he ready to take that next step? You know, and I think, you know, uh, another position you kind of have to look at. Juwan had a really good year for you, but uh, is there something else there at that tight end position? The number three receiver for you, what happens there? You know, and that's just looking at it from the offensive side of the football and not even touching, you know, the Alvin Kamara and and Jamal and and, and Kendra Miller situation, what happens there? You know, and so when you look at it overall – Obviously, I think this team has to be able to get younger. I think this team has to be able to add some speed to both sides of the ball. But uh, for me, it starts up front. You know, you, you've got to figure out what you're doing with the offense and defensive lines. You know, you, you just mentioned Kendra. Oh, sorry, I was muted. Uh, you, you just mentioned Kendra. You know, I'm curious what, obviously, he popped a little in that final game. We didn't see as much of him this season as I think we probably all wanted to. But what were your thoughts on his rookie season and what your expectations are from him going forward? Well, he's got to learn how to be a pro. I mean, that's what it comes down to. He's probably still the youngest on this team uh, right now. And, you know, he just he celebrated his birthday earlier uh, well, last year and, uh, you know, during the season. But he's got to learn how to be a pro. And, and by being a pro, it's taking care of my body. It's getting my body ready to be able to go out there and play. And, you know, when the Saints – actually picked him you know we know he wasn't able to go through OTAs he was recovering from an injury and injuries just really hurt him from his rookie year but you don't write him off because we know that he is a talented talented player it's going to be up to him uh he's going to have to learn a new offense so that's two years in a row back to back that he's learning a new offense that won't be easy hopefully the transition will be a little bit better just from uh being able to be around be able to see it go out there walk through and do it 
But um, he's, he's a really good player. And here, here, here's something, and I don't know if you guys knew it. Uh, I did get to talk to a couple of guys over at the Senior Bowl. Your defensive line coach, well, I say your, the Saints defensive line coach was um, almost, I don't want to say he, he, he chose, but the Saints didn't allow him to go to Missouri. I'll put it that way. You know, he had an opportunity. Missouri's coach wanted him, uh, didn't let him kind of – the Saints didn't want that to happen. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, so many times we see that nobody wants to work in New Orleans. Nobody wants to, to be the OC. You know, you talk about, oh, they don't want to work with DA. But, no, there are coaches that teams won't. And they choose to be in New Orleans or, you know, you look at it, having the opportunity to say, hey, look, no, I, I think we can turn this around. I want to be a part of it. And, and that's happening. So just to be clear, we're talking about Todd Grantham? That's correct. Gotcha. Deuce, you were talking about the offensive line up front for this team. Obviously, a huge concern. Curious, what what can they do with a guy like Trevor Penning? There's so much they've invested in him. Uh, it's been a big letdown to this point. And obviously, we know they're not ready to give up on anything with him yet. He's still a young guy uh, that they, they've got plans for in the future. But how can we get this guy on the field and at least performing uh, in games instead of just being on field goal unit for crying out loud? Well, and I think Mickey kind of said it. They have to blame themselves a little bit. You don't think? It it definitely seems something. Yeah, (laughs) something something has gone awry there. Whether it's with coaching or not, but still, there you have a first round pick. not not, not, Not even from a coaching standpoint, you basically anointed him the starting job without even really without even really playing and being able to say, yes, he's ready for this job. And so just from a pressure standpoint, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. You you, you, you throw him in the fire knowing that he probably wasn't ready, and now from a technique standpoint, it's, it's, it's not a top. It's a pure technique with Trevor. And so for okay. Trevor, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at some point that you see that he's working with – um, you know, some of the guys that do some of the training as far as offensive linemen. Uh, because for Trevor, it's it, it, it's pure technique. It's not, not understanding what we're doing from a zone scheme or from a, a gap scheme, you know, uh, playing too high. Yeah, he may play too high at times, but it, with Trevor, it's shooting your hands. It is having confidence and knowing when I have to shoot my hands, where I'm going to put my hands, and just being able to use my strength. To be as big as he is and as powerful as he is, he's too inconsistent in certain areas of his game. He allows smaller guys to be able to get up under him uh, when, when they shouldn't be able to. And I understand you know, that, that may come with leverage, but that's understanding positioning and where I'm going to shoot my hands as well. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because the interesting thing with Trevor, it's not that you started him. It's not that you know he's a he's a rookie or a second year player who's developing and he missed a lot of time. It's the way that you went about. Okay, he's starting and now he's benched and now he's not getting on the field at he all. He couldn't even get in with all the injuries that yeah, were piling up. And I, and I guess yeah, but qu- he was a left tackle. He was right. a left tackle. He was never going to be a guy that you throw in right. at right guard or right tackle. I mean, because he's a left tackle. And so it wouldn't have been fair for him to throw him in at right tackle. It wouldn't have been fair because if he's struggling at a position that he has practiced at and that's all he really knew, why am I going to throw him out there at right tackle when he's never even practiced at right tackle? Why am I going to do that? 
That's what I try to tell people when they're like, oh, put him at guard. I'm like, okay, he's, he's easy, struggling right. to learn left tackle. Now you're going to ask him to learn a position he's never played? That doesn't make a ton of sense. But I think, you know, with the with Trevor, one of the issues is, you know, you're looking at a first-round pick, and I think there's got to be some consternation within the building of like, man, we end up taking all these first-round picks, and we're just not getting anything out of them in terms of Peyton Turner's been hurt, Marcus Davenport was hurt, and wasn't as productive as you probably hoped. You know, and, and I think, is there, do you think that's part of it? Is there's just some pressure to get that guy on the field when he's a first-round pick? And, it, you know, it's not exactly acceptable to say, oh, we took him in the first round, but he's a year or two away. Like, that's a tough thing to sell to people. But in some, in some cases, that's just the reality, and you got to you got to live with it regardless of the investment, right? Robert Meacham redshirted. Deuce McAllister redshirted. I had 16 <laughs> carries. I had 16 carries my my rookie year. 16. Not in the game, the complete year. Yep. The complete year. So it's it, it, it's 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 probably unfair just because the uh, win now mode that everyone is in uh, from a fan's perspective, uh, and 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 really when you took probably all three of those guys you kind of knew that they were not ready immediately. They were not ready immediately. And so, yes, I, I agree with you when you talk about uh, being able to stick them right in and, and, and knowing that they're not probably completely ready, but you do it anyway. And, you know, uh, for a couple of them, it's, it, it's been, well, really all three of them, it's been injuries. And Peyton is too young. I mean, uh, Peyton, Peyton is, you know, at, at the point where he's going to have to show you he's healthy. And then you talk about Trevor, I was about to say he's too young in his career, but he's going to have to show you that he's healthy, but also that he's made the adjustment to be able to uh, not allow just the small things to take him completely away. Uh, Talk to you later on, dudes. Appreciate the time again. All right, fellas. Thanks, dudes.